Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, February 28th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Tetzavah, and it means, You shall command. Exodus 28, 31-43 Make the robe that is worn with the ephod from a single piece of blue cloth with an opening for Aaron's beard in the middle of it. Reinforce the opening with a woven collar so it will not tear. Make pomegranates out of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and attach them to the hem of the robe with gold bells between them. The gold bells and pomegranates are to alternate all around the hem. Aaron will wear this robe whenever he ministers before the Lord, and the bells will tinkle as he goes in and out of the Lord's presence in the holy place. If he wears it, he will not die. Next, make a medallion of pure gold and engrave it like a seal with these words, Holy to the Lord. Attach the medallion with a blue cord to the front of Aaron's turban where it must remain. Aaron must wear it on his forehead, so he may take on himself any guilt of the people of Israel when they consecrate their sacred offerings. He must always wear it on his forehead, so the Lord will accept the people. Weave Aaron's patterned tunic from fine linen cloth. Fashion the turban from his linen as well. Also make a sash and decorate it with colorful embroidery. 
For Aaron's sons make tunics, sashes, and special head coverings that are glorious and beautiful. Clothe your brother Aaron and his sons with these garments, and then anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so they can serve as my priests. Also make linen undergarments for them, to be worn next to their body, reaching from their hips to their thighs. These must be worn whenever Aaron and his sons enter the tabernacle or approach the altar in the holy place to perform their priestly duties. Then they will not incur guilt or die. This is a permanent law for Aaron and all his descendants after him. Ezekiel 43, 10-27 Son of man, describe to the people of Israel the temple I have shown you, so they will be ashamed of all their sins. Let them study its plan, and they will be ashamed of what they have done. Describe to them all the specifications of the temple, including its entrances and exits, and everything else about it. Tell them about its decrees and laws. Write down all these specifications and decrees as they watch, so they will not, so they will be sure to remember and follow them. And this is the basic law of the temple. Absolute holiness. The entire top of the mountain where the temple is built is holy. Yes, this is the basic law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar. There is a gutter all around the altar 21 inches deep and 21 inches wide, with a curb 9 inches wide around its edge, and this is the height of the altar. From the gutter the altar rises 3.5 feet to a lower ledge that surrounds the altar and is 21 inches wide. From the lower ledge the altar rises 7 feet to the upper ledge that is also 21 inches wide. The top of the altar, the hearth, rises another seven feet higher with the horn rising up from each of the four corners. The top of the altar is square, measuring 21 feet by 21 feet. The upper ledge also forms a square, measuring 24 and a half feet by 24 and a half feet with a 21 inch gutter and a 10 and a half inch curve all around the edge. There are steps going up the east side of the altar. Then he said to me, Son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. These will be the regulations for the burning of offerings and the sprinkling of blood when the altar is built. At that time the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok, who minister before me, are to be given a young bull for a sin offering, says the Sovereign Lord. You will take some of its blood and smear it on the four horns of the altar, the four corners of the upper ledge, and the curb that runs around the ledge. This will cleanse and make atonement for the altar. Then take the young bull for the sin offering and burn it at the appointed place outside the temple area. On the second day, sacrifice as a sin offering a young male goat that has no physical defects. Then cleanse and make atonement for the altar again, just as you did with the young bull. When you have finished the cleansing ceremony, offer another young bull that has no defects and a perfect ram from the flock. You are to present them to the Lord, and the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and offer them as a burnt offering to the Lord. Every day for seven days, a male goat, a young bull, and a ram from the flock will be sacrificed as a sin offering. None of these animals may have physical defects of any kind. 
Do this each day for seven days to cleanse and make atonement for the altar, thus setting it apart for holy use. On the eighth day and on each day afterward, the priest will sacrifice on the altar the burnt offerings and peace offerings of the people. Then I will accept you. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Mark 9.30-10.12 Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Yeshua didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Yeshua asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him, and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. John said to Yeshua, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Yeshua said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Then Yeshua left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea, into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Yeshua answered them with a question. What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man can give a wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Yeshua responded, He wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. 
Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. Psalm 44, 1-8 O God, we have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all you did in their day, in days long ago. You drove out the pagan nations by your power and gave all the land to our ancestors. You crushed their enemies and set our ancestors free. They did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arm that gave them victory. It was your right hand and strong arm and the blinding light from your face that helped them, for you loved them. You are my King and my God. You command victories for Israel. Only by your power can we push back our enemies. Only in your name can we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. You are the one who gives us victory over our enemies. You disgrace those who hate us. O God, we give glory to you all day long and constantly praise your name. Proverbs 10:19 Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. I'd like to speak to you today out of Exodus 28, the Torah portion, and I'm also going to jump into a little bit of what we read yesterday and also what we read today. And so in Exodus 28, we see a detailed description of Aaron the high priest and the protocols that he's to follow in ministering to the Lord on behalf of the people. And I want to zoom in on verses 9 and 10 from Exodus 28, where it says, Take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the tribes of Israel. Six names will be on each stone, arranged in the order of the births of the original sons of Israel. Verse 11, engrave these names on the two stones in the same way a jeweler engraves a seal. Then mount the stones in settings of gold filigree. And then verse 12, fasten the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as a reminder that Aaron represents the people of Israel. Aaron will carry these names on his shoulders as a constant reminder whenever he goes before the Lord. So let me unpack that a little bit for you. Aaron is a shadow picture, a remez hint pointing us to Yeshua. Yeshua is the ultimate great high priest. And so we read these instructions about the wilderness tabernacle. This is even before the first temple. This is the wilderness tabernacle instructions for that. And Aaron is to wear this ephod upon his chest with the 12 stones, and each one represents one of the 12 tribes of Israel, so that it's right over his heart, and it's a constant reminder to him that he stands to represent all 12 tribes before the God of Israel. Yet this is a shadow picture pointing us to Yeshua, who is our great high priest. Let's jump into Hebrews 
Chapter 4, 14 through 16, where it says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of them the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So think about this. This wilderness tabernacle is a shadow of something very real in heaven. There is a heavenly tabernacle right now. And Yeshua, right now, is a high priest, and he is ever interceding for you and for me, precious ones. You and I, we are on his heart. Individually, each and every one of us, and he lives to forever intercede. Yeshua prays for you and for me. I mean, turn that upside down. Normally, we pray to him. That's what we focus on. We talk to him, we pray to him, we make our needs known to him. But Yeshua is praying for you and for me, and your name is engraved literally upon his heart. He is in the role of a high priest in heaven, and he goes before the Father and intercedes for you and for me. Let's come back now to Exodus chapter 28. And today we read verses 31 to 43. And we see that Aaron is to wear a robe, and the robe is linen. And there's pomegranates on blue and purple and scarlet yarn around the hem with golden bells between. He has a medallion of pure gold and engraved upon it is a seal with these words, Holy to the Lord. And so this wilderness tabernacle and then the first temple, then the second temple, and finally the final great temple that hasn't been built yet. It is on Mount Zion. It is in Jerusalem on a high place. And is the whole t- entire mountain is very, very holy. And that's refreshing. It's refreshing to be in a place of holiness. We see so much corruption, so much evil and wickedness and lawlessness all around us in the culture. And it's so nice to come into an atmosphere, a spiritual atmosphere that's clean, that's pure, that's set apart, and that's holy and consecrated. So I want to close with this very special song. It's sung by Don Moen, and the song is called He Knows My Name. And the song really goes along with the Torah portion today. Uh, and yesterday, the reading from yesterday from Exodus 28 with these 12 tribes that are on the ephod, the breastplate of Aaron the high priest, and that Yeshua, our great high priest, our name is engraved upon his heart when he goes before the Father in the heavenly realm, in the heavenly tabernacle, and when he intercedes for us, our name, your name, is on his heart.
So enjoy this beautiful worship song sung by Don Moen, He Knows My Name. Hi, friends. You know, I was on tour one time, and as a part of the tour, uh, we visited this um, home for the elderly, like a, like a, a rest home. And as I was going uh, from room to room, visiting the patients and uh, just maybe saying a word of encouragement, singing a song, I saw an old man in one of the beds and he was, he was just kind of all crunched up, a very old guy. And above his bed, where they would put the names of the patient, it said, Mr. No Name. That's what it said, Mr. No Name. And I asked the nurse who was with me, uh, does this man not have a name? She goes, no, uh, we found him on the street. Uh, we don't know what language he speaks. And we, uh, we don't know how to communicate with him. So I took the man's hand and I said to him, nobody knows your name here, but I know someone who does know your name. God knows your name. And uh, I want to remind you of that today. God knows your name. Uh, he knows where you've been because he's the God of the past. He knows right where you are today because he is the God of the present. And my friend, he knows what tomorrow holds because he is the God of the future and you can trust him with your future. So Lord, we do put our trust in you today. We know that you know our rising up and our going down. You know the end from the beginning. And we put our trust in you today. Encourage my friends, Lord. Let them know that you have not forgotten them and you will never, ever forsake them. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Psalm 139 uh, says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. And that's the kind of God we serve. He, he knows our rising up and our laying down. He knows where we've been. He knows where we're going, and we can trust him today. Amen. I have a maker. He formed my heart before even time began. My life was in his hands He knows my name He knows my every thought He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call He'll never leave 
yes he does he knows my every thought he sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call he knows your Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.